0: Ah, it's been a while since we heard. This is usually a Friday edition, a, a Friday bump. No? <laughs> oh, my head. So <laughs> where, 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 where do we go here? I mean, we've got all this palace intrigue. You know, I, I want to take off on, on something that Kimberly and I were just talking about, because, you know, i ran into I, I talked at the top of the show about how you know we ran into uh democrats who first thing out of their mouth you're republican or democrat republican get off my front lawn we we were ex- we were exiled we were expelled from two front lawns mark flanders and i yesterday but you know we we had a number of conversations with folks um you know what what are your issues what are your concerns and i want to return to the um the uh elder black gentleman that we spoke to who did ask us who our party was and after a a slight pause said what are you guys all about he said you know i'm a democrat and i don't i don't i don't vote republican not typically anyway and we knew that by the voter history when we knocked on his door because we we have these categories in in our walking lists and you know what really frustrated him And we heard this from some other people, too. I've heard this in in smatterings as I've gone around the city. They're just sick and tired of people who won't tell them the truth. People who will not tell them what they're really thinking or what they really believe. People who will say one thing during an election, and I'm not making this up, and do something when they're elected, and then make pretend that they never said it in the first place. That, by the way, is what I think started to get Kelly Ayotte in trouble during her reelection bid because she went from a hardliner on immigration in 2010 to a, you know, a comprehensive immigration clone of John McCain or John McShame, as uh, Michael Savage calls him, and, uh, you know, Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay Gramnesty. Uh, Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Grahamnesty of uh, South Carolina. She, it, all of a sudden, she forgot what she told the voters here in in the state of New Hampshire in 2010 as a candidate for office. I do believe voters at some level remember, and you know, and one of the things that I hear from people a lot, I, I uh, as we were wrapping things up in Ward Six on Saturday, I ran into a lady and her and her husband. She's a a retired Manchester teacher. And she said, one thing I can say about you, Rich Gerard, is you do your homework. You ask the right questions. And I I can't tell you how many times I've had people over the last two years, especially since I've been on the school board. Come to me and say, "Um, you know, I don't always agree with you. But I respect the fact that you do your homework, that you at least seem to know what you're talking about, that you let us know where you stand and you can show us why you stand there. I have always been of the opinion that respect of the voter who disagrees with you is more likely to get their vote than the fact that you're aligned on the issues. You know, there was a a, a mayor in Manchester who famously um, said, it's too late to agree with me. I've already changed my mind. <laughs> and I think most people, whether they support you or they don't, Except that there will be times when you disagree, and there will be times where you, as an elected official, or when an elected official, may change their mind about something. I, I'm kind of famous for saying, um, "I will, I will allow, I, I will let facts change my opinion." Because I believe if somebody presents me with information that I did not know or did not understand or an argument that I did not consider, if if it says to me, hey, this changes the landscape, I think you have to be upfront with people when you say, you know, I've had a change of mind on this because A, B, C, D. And, and there has to be a certain amount of humility, I think, and contrition when somebody says, I've changed my mind because I was unaware of A or unaware of B or unaware of C. And when you serve in public office, you, you have the responsibility to discuss with the people you represent those things that you believe, why you believe them. And if there is a change to not make pretend that you had always believed the way you changed to anyway. There's so much cynicism in the in the in the body politic today. You know that that uh, that elder gentleman in Ward 4 was great. We were actually laughing with each other by the time the conversation was over. You know why? He just appreciated our honesty. That's it. He's far more likely to vote for us now that we've actually talked to him, treated him like a human being, asked him what his thoughts and concerns were, and didn't argue with him and tell him, you're wrong to feel that way. You know, I just, I I just, it it, it bothers me. You know what? And if you've got to go down in an election, if you're going to, if it's going to cost you your seat, You have to start asking yourself, is it more important to do the things that you think are important in elected office or is it more important just to keep getting reelected time after time after time? I'll I'll tell you what is proving itself unpopular out there. Board members who take uh, who, who take health benefits that that when you mention that to people, they really don't like it. They just really don't. Especially if they happen to think not enough money is being spent on the schools. Hearing a lot about taxes, by the way, too. Hearing a lot of, well, my kids are out of school now, so I don't really pay attention to the school board. Oh, okay. We, we have ways of getting them involved in a conversation that uh, brings them around. <laughs> but so here here it is. I think people, and you know what, I, I think one of the reasons why Donald Trump has the support that he does, and I don't for a minute believe any of the polling data that says he's horribly unpopular, all these people with regrets, if that were true, why are guys like Bob Corker re, you know, announcing their retirement? Oh, it's it's trust me, folks. It's not true. (laughs) I think what people like about Trump, he's not going to. okay, all you stop it with the he needs to stop the tweets. Okay, you know what? He's not a politician. Maybe he's a brilliant politician because he looks like he isn't one. He 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 tweets. He speaks what's on his mind. He doesn't particularly care who it offends, who it ruffles. I think people are looking at Donald Trump as an honest man in a dishonest place, doing his best, maybe thinking out loud at times, which perhaps they wish he would do a little less of, but understand what he's doing and why. And at the core, they see him driving people inside the beltway crazy. And that's what they sent him there to do. And they're not particularly picky about how he does it. So, I, I, you know, when people say to you and and I, I when people know about the, uh, you know, what's happened on the school board and the board of aldermen and the ethics violations and everything else, they are not amused. And I think more than anything, this election is going to turn on those ethical issues. It is, in my opinion, the not so secret sleeper issue of this campaign. Because at the end of the day, people are frustrated and fed up with everybody on all sides of the aisle when they don't feel like they're being spoken to like adults who can handle the truth, who aren't stupid and do remember what you told them the last time you ran about what you were going to do and why. So it might do you well to be honest with folks. I'm thinking for the anger that might cause in the short term, I'm thinking in the long term, that's exactly what this country needs if it's going to bleed the real hostility that is now in our body politic out. There cannot be any trust without any truth. This is Gerard at Large.